Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The Incomparable. Number 621. July 2022. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about a TV series, not a video game, but a TV series that's like a video game and is based on a video game a little bit. It is Halo. Now, uh, Halo, available on Paramount Plus in the United States. I don't know where else it's available. It is also, as of this week, available on Paramount Plus in the UK. Oh, that's information there uh, from one of my three guests for this episode. It's James Thompson. Thank you for providing us valuable Halo-related information and also, obviously, for binging the entire series in this first week that it's available in your country. Yeah, well, unfortunately, only the first three episodes went up. But, you know, we all will draw a veil over screeners. that. We have screeners for yes. podcasters. They get them in advance. That's how that yeah. works. I, I was going to say, I'm designed to look familiar, my voice and accent to be pleasant. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, Dan Morin also joins us. Hello. Hello, Jason. Oh, no, sorry. Had to be done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you did it. You did it. And uh, and Moises Chuyan also joins us. Hi, Moises. You said that to me once about being a machine. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, can we just all agree that in general, making narrative media out of video games is a bad idea? <laughs> the success rate has been low. There's, there's basically the original Super Mario Brothers movie, and that's it, right? <laughs> uh, oh, there's that Doom movie. Boy, that movie mm -hmm. was a movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I went into this with extremely low expectations. Same. Uh, yeah, and me too. It actually uh, was surprisingly good. I, yeah. I, they've been trying to make this for years. There's a movie version, right? Neil Blomkamp, right? Was mm -hmm. uh, yep, was attached. Yeah, and, it was uh, Peter Jackson producing and Alex yeah, Garland writing, right? It. And so Kyle Killen ended up with it, who is a showrunner that's done a bunch of shows, including Awake, um, which was a great little short-lived TV show. So that was like that's what got me interested in this. Like I've played some Halo games in the past, not like you know compulsively. I haven't played a ton of them, but I played. Uh, Halo 3 a bunch and I played the most recent one so I'm not like a huge Halo fan but like I'm familiar with it um, and I was like ah, is that going to be a good show is that going to be interesting and then I saw Kyle Killen was attached I was like alright I'm I'm interested I mean he, he seems like a good writer and a, a smart guy and I was like I just, I'm kind of curious to see what he can do with it so that was what got me in the door and I will just say if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the show we wouldn't probably do an episode about this if we all thought it was dumb and you shouldn't watch it so we'll talk about it a little bit without a lot of details to see if we can whet your appetite mm. a little bit but 
Um, I I agree. I think it's worth watching. I was pleasantly surprised by it, um, especially since, as I just said, adapting video games is not really good. In fact, I might go so far as to say that the times when this felt the most like a video game, I felt like they shouldn't have gone that far. And that they were mm. like, I love that they announced when they announced the show, one of the things they announced and you know, they had to do it because of franchise maintenance and angry fanboys on the internet and whatever was be like, like, Oh, this is in a different timeline from the official timeline. It was like, it was like one of these canon canonical announcements of like, essentially saying we're going to tell our own story and it's going to be halo like but it's not going to be exactly like and that's okay and i'm glad that they did that because one um i i've only played a handful of halo games and two i don't care i don't care i just want the Same. show to be good and if the, they can make the show better by violating some of the halo continuity I don't, that's, that's literally just fine with me. I do not care. Uh, and, and I feel like throughout the 10 episodes, 10 episodes, nine episodes, nine. Ouch, that hurt. I was like, is there one more? No, that's it. Uh, the, the moments where I felt the franchise creep in were not my favorite moments of the show because I felt like they were feeling like under pressure to give us a Master Chief POV with a heads up display and all the little sound effects. And a little of that to me went a long way. There were moments where I was like, oh, they look what they did from the video game. I remember that. But mostly um, I was happy for it to try to be this weird military science fiction show. I want to seize on the the point you made about, you know, maybe adapting video games is a mistake. I think the lessons learned from the massive mistakes preceding this, inclusive of the Doom movie that, that I mentioned, in particular, that one comes to mind because similar to Halo, you have a first person perspective hero without much of a discernible personality and crafting a movie, a TV show around that narratively. Guess what? We have lots of evidence now that that doesn't work terribly yeah. well. Um, whether it's doom, whether it's gamer, which is like doom through a high concept pitch lens. Um, what I like most about this is that uh, similar to you, I have, I have played little halo overall, so I don't have that. I want it to be just a direct adaptation of the games. A direct adaptation of the games would be hopelessly boring and it would just be like watching somebody play a game it's a play on, through on YouTube. You can just watch exactly. Those. The narrative's and, not particularly and, great either. Let's put no. it this way. Sorry, sorry yeah, to offend Halo fans. <laughs> well, there there are there are diversions there are diversions that that are taken, but not just the alternate timeline thing that they announced, but chronologically, this show begins before the events of the first game. Yes. There are things that exist that don't exist when the first game starts. Um and I uh, this doesn't spoil the end of the season, but I feel like the people that spent this entire season complaining about everything as if, you know, they should have been put in charge of everything in the universe. Um, I, I think what what they backed into at the end of the season shows that they are going narratively into the same direction of, of where the series of games begins. They're just not handling it exactly the way that mega, mega, mega fans of the games who really only care about it as a death matching delivery service they they don't really care that much about the story let's be honest um in in ways that they 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 say well that's not the way to do it and then you the the least helpful thing i found in a writer's room environment is to is to have a person say well that doesn't work but then they don't have a suggestion for how to fix something right like we get that it doesn't work it just doesn't work but that's that's what the vast majority of the complaints about the show have been to me and 
I mean, Steve Downs, who's been the voice of Master Chief in the games for 20 years, he has spoken at length about how thrilled he is that it fleshes out who this bucket head in a suit is mm. that has very much just been a cipher for the majority of the time that he's been performing it. Also, Jen Taylor, who is Cortana in this exactly. and in the games. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that surprised me was I was watching the show and I was really enjoying it week for week. And it's like, I would say it's genuinely one of my favorite shows of the year. And we've had a lot of great TV this year. But the the disconnect between what I was seeing online about people really disliking this show and what the experience that I was getting out of it, I just didn't quite understand how there could be this big of a disconnect because i mean it it's like i've i played like most of us played halo 1 20 odd years ago right. and i have played i played halo infinite before watching this and i've subsequently while i was watching the show went back and i played halo 4 and 5 um so I, you know i had a reasonable knowledge of the game storylines and characters and all that sort of thing um so i consider myself a fan of the games but you know, I really like the show as well. I mean, uh, I, I think if you come into this not knowing anything about the games, uh, that's not going to hurt you at all. All you get if you've played the games is, yeah, you you pick up on things like the sound effects and the oh, his shield is depleted, right? Or that's a like that's that. a yeah. that ship, or I know that I know that that uh, production design stuff, yeah, the, really the warthog, right. yeah. and like there's certain stuff where you're like, oh, the, oh, it's the it's the it's the thing you ride in, right? Like it's literally it's, it's a vehicle that I know. With. Yeah, it's, and 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 I didn't quite have the kind of visceral reaction that Jason did. You know, every time it's like, "Hey, here's a little bit of fan service." To me, it was it was that so much of that was so little and parceled out. It was, "Oh, we're we're at the roller coaster uh, section of this episode," and it was fine with me because I, there's one episode that is very very action heavy, but it also for me and granted maybe I didn't catch some of the stuff um for me it didn't feel like it was an episode full of fan service it was just very action heavy and very roller coastery um but I, I mean the the element most directly uh related to the games as James mentioned is Jen Taylor's Cortana which is my favorite part of the show um and I have a lot of favorite parts of the show uh and like James this real this is one of my this is one of my delightful surprise favorite shows that I've seen this year thus far um, not just because it, it slightly confirms uh, a hypothesis of mine uh, that I've put out there um, on Agents of Smooch that, you know, if you're adapting something, maybe it's always better as a TV show than a movie. Um, maybe not everything has to be a movie. And giving us time to actually build relationships with not just Master Chief, but this very large supporting cast um, gives us gives us people to care about who aren't just doom guy in the middle of it. Right. And I want to, I want to say the the uh, one of the other things I thought was really good about splitting this off very distinctly from the timeline uh, that is in present in the games is it allowed them to tell a story that is more subversive in some ways than yeah. in the games. Certainly more conflict and certainly yeah. things that make you uh, more question in the moral grayness. This is territory that the games to my knowledge, do not really traffic in at all. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, I had some people asking when I watched the first couple episodes, like, oh, was it good? Should I watch it? And I was like, you know, I, I kind of get some light expanse vibes from parts of it for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that to me is all to the good. I mean, if you want to sort of flesh out your world that in, you know, again, 20 years ago when they put this out as a game, it's like you're a, you're a dude who runs around in armor and shoots aliens. Like that's, we didn't need to, we didn't need to spin <laughs> yeah, like, it out much more than that. Did, did you, did you want a uh, halo to address anti-colonialism? Guess what? You're going to get that from the opening. Yeah. 
I mean, that's one of the things for a, based on a sort of first-person shooter game, there is surprisingly little action and there's quite a lot of talking in this. Yeah. And a lot of sci-fi too. They ratchet up the sort of science fiction-y for stuff For people who, who have not um, seen the show, I guess the, what we could, we could explain that, that this, is a, this is a show that, yes, it is about a guy in armor uh, who goes around shooting aliens. It is that, sure. But um, it's a, there are a bunch of other characters. So we meet, uh, he's, he is part of a team of these uh, super soldiers, essentially, who are... Silver Team, which is a silver team as in a nod to the silver timeline. Right. And so these are these are very special uh genetically enhanced super soldiers and they work for for the humanity and there is a human government. Uh we come to learn that there is that they are kind of the oppressive government and that for in episode 1 that there are people who want to not be a part of their commonwealth and are basically rebels and are being put down and there's a moment where they expect to be put down by master chief and his team but um the aliens get there first and slaughter <laughs> most of the people so you've got this scenario where like first off the government is obviously uh in question because there are rebels and the, the second thing we discover uh about them is that uh we we unravel the history of how these soldiers came to be and who's in charge of the government and it is a mess and ugly and they are not the good guys even though they're maybe better well, than the you, aliens you mentioned you mentioned rebels and one of the things that i find interesting about their setup here is that in ways that star wars has not quite sold me on how people could you know live under the empire and and kind of get it and go along the in, the military industrial government complex that they have that they have established in this series is basically the empire from Star Wars who were like no 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 you have to join us it's not an option yeah. and we're here to protect you and you get to to Dan's point that morally gray thing of well the option is join with us or get slaughtered by aliens looking for artifacts Dan mentioned um Dan mentioned expanse I would throw in Firefly as a mm, yeah, reference a bit, yeah. it, it in in the sense that there is the super clean empire and the kind of like mess of humanity who's either dealing with the empire or trying hard not to deal with the empire and in a star wars way but it it struck me that firefly was maybe similar in that in in some vibes from that too i i would say also to use a bit of a reductive 80s analogy the show is kind of robocop with a dash of starship troopers oh Oh, yeah that's good (laughs) that's really good strong robocop vibes strong robocop vibes (laughs) jason uh unlike firefly uh, people of Asian extraction exist, not just their language. Not just their language. Yeah. Oh no, that was actually. I, that's one of the reasons I was thinking of Firefly. <laughs> is I was like, oh, this is like what Firefly kind of was trying to be, but didn't do. Yeah. Uh, it is it, because it is like, and, you, and we travel to lots of weird places where Bokeem Woodbine lives in, like, a, on a uh. meteor attached to an asteroid, attached to a minefield. It's so weird. And 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 that's the other thing I wanted to say about this is it is not just a. Um, a clean military show where everybody's in their clean little military boxes and then they get dropped down and they are on a planet and they fight. And that could have been what this what this is. But we see where people live. There's interpersonal drama. There's political drama. There's very, very personal uh, drama in the sense of 
Master Chief John and um, and finding out about his past and making connections with other people. There are these aliens who are up to something, but it's unclear entirely what. And they have a they have a plan uh, again. More they seem to have a better plan than the Cylons. Um, who didn't really have a plan? They just said well, that and, they and did. The, and the aliens, the the covenant, are covenant. not just one species. Yeah, they it's, are. It's a composite multiple species in union. Yeah, they're kind of like the Federation, except uh, they're the bad guys in this. <laughs> are, are they sort of? Yes, they are. But anyway, so all of that is going on, um, and there are fight scenes, um, and, and you know, it, it's still trying to be Halo, and I don't think that it's bad. I think that there are moments where it's too much just like trying to play a level of a video game and in fact there are two different action scenes there's one action scene very late in the show where i feel like they just completely give in to putting you in the master chief's view (laughs) and showing the hud time (laughs) and i was waiting for the like press x to continue whereas there's earlier on there's a that uh great i think the high point in terms of action of the whole season which is when they're trying to get the magic rock essentially uh out out of a planet and they're attacked and that has a lot of those video game elements in it and at the end of the episode i said to myself that's the best video game level i've i've not played in (laughs) a long time but it was also cinematic in a way that the that some of the others aren't and um and, and my closing point about sort of like talking about what is this show for people who haven't seen it is i want to say the main character the master chief he is a cipher because he's you as in the video game here he is a character. He's John 117. He is uh, played by Pablo Schreiber, who uh, you may... Who, he's, he's a very handsome that, guy. That was definitely a surprise to me when he took the helmet yeah. off, because I didn't actually pick up on who was playing it's him. And I was like, oh, it's Nikki Sabaka from The Wire. Nikki Sabaka from no, The Wire, yeah. It's the yeah. leprechaun from American Gods. And it's Gods. the leprechaun from American <laughs> yeah, it's, Gods. It's, I mean, the, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a spoiler at this point that they take the helmet off. Yeah. We'll get further into just to what extent that happens. But I, I thought... You know, more so than than them casting Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. Well, there's no way that he would take the helmet off and we would see his face because that's part of the whole thing with Judge Dredd. But here it was. Why would you cast Pablo Schreiber and not let us see <laughs> Nikki's face which, from the wire? Which which actually goes to another point of a show that this is kind of like in a very strange way, which is the Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian. Yes, right? I was just thinking that you can get away with that, but that was kind of a I don't want to say a fluke, but like they really worked hard to get you to a point where like making having him take the helmet off was a significant moment. Whereas yes. in this show. That was going to be real tough, yeah, to uh-huh. get yeah. through a whole bunch of episodes, especially with the stories they wanted to tell. And I still find it weird every time I see him without his helmet on in the armor. It's just a little bit of a disconnect, but like it's fine. I don't mind yeah. it. It's just a weird like, uh. <laughs> it's weirder when he's running around in his underwear, basically. His I, that's more normal looking <laughs> to me, frankly. And, and it, you know, it's it's like, what do you mean? I got to look at Darth Vader as an eight year old in uh, in Phantom Menace. Um, it's a little, it's a little weird, but it, it makes sense. And there's a, and there's a lone wolf and cub thing going on there, right? Because there's the girl from the, yep. the colony and he kind of, kind of t- brings her back and then they want to experiment on her and kill her and he refuses. And sorry, spoilers for the first, it's like the first episode, but, uh, it is what I wanted to say about Master Chief is what I realized is by episode nine, here's what I thought about Master Chief is I knew who he was as a character, um, that he's not a cipher that, that I know him. I like him. I'm kind of rooting for him. And even when he's doing things in episode nine, I would say to myself, oh, yeah, he would do that, wouldn't he? 
And what that means is the greatest accomplishment, I think, of this nine episode first season of Halo is, at least for me, they took the cipher at the center of the show and put in the work to make him a character. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't think that would necessarily happen or work. And it totally works. There are things that are weird that happen. He he has an interesting relationship with another character <laughs> that I'm like, okay, I guess. But in the end, I felt like I knew who John was and that when he was the Master Chief, it was also the human being inside the armor. And like that was that's really powerful. And without that, I don't think the show works. I think also we've got like three other Master Chiefs as well who we get yeah. to see various different forms of that. And- if I can put the out other Kate Spartans, Kennedy, yeah. if I can put out Kate Kennedy as the MVP on this show, yeah, I would. As oh, Kai, I think Kai she is the best character in this show Incredible. by far. <laughs> she she has the biggest journey, I think, of anyone. And it's just show. she's just great. She is just a the, wonderful character. I really thought they were going to go in a very different direction with her mm-hmm. after certain plot developments. I'm like, oh no, are we going to have some sort of weird like? Yeah, we we should probably fire up. Yeah, a spoiler we should probably horn fire up spoil horn. But I will say that yeah. before we do on, on that uh, on that topic, one of the things that that impressed me most um, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement with Jason about um, what they have done to Master Chief as a character in fleshing him out is that we have our central character. We have his team of squaddies and and it wasn't like Power Rangers. It's not. Oh, yeah, it's not. It's not anything remotely like that dynamic. Um, and he's gone from a cipher to a real proper audience surrogate where can you necessarily relate to everything about this guy? No, not necessarily, but he is relatable enough that you, you have, you have an investment in this central character of this story mm-hmm. and you have an interesting supporting cast, all of whom are, are uh, interesting pivot characters in, 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 uh, in, in part of the season, we see a whole lot more of some of them than yes, we do. Indeed. Indeed, um, there's one episode Chief. where the master chief is just not in it. And yeah. can you believe that? <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a weird inversion of a particular episode of book of Boba Fett. But, um, mm. the, the thing I'll say on this side of the spoiler horn is, um, I, I love that I have a show that I can confidently go, Hey, do you miss the expanse? Do you miss the moral complexity of that kind of speculative fiction, sci-fi future world thing? Well, guess what? You should be watching Halo. Halo? Believe it or not. Yeah. I think that, I think that's right. I wanted to mention, well, I'll I'll go around before we fire off the spoiler horn for any last non-spoilery thoughts, but I wanted to mention Cortana again and just say one of my favorite things in the whole show, and, and it happens sort of late in the season, but is, is the, uh, use of Cortana, Okay, in the in the game, Cortana is there to be the narrator essentially and guide you as the character, as the master chief. And the idea is that it's an artificial intelligence inside your head. Um, the way they play it, mostly, I think, mostly for laughs. They're like it's like a really bad blind date almost. Like <laughs> they they uh, he doesn't want her there. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump forward. Okay. Yeah, he, she, he, he doesn't want her there, but she is there and he can't get rid of her. Um, she has her orders that she doesn't like. So she's just going to kind of ignore them when she wants to. So cause, cause she's not, she's an independent entity too. And they're this mismatched pair. It's like a buddy comedy going on inside their heads yeah. sometimes. And what, I love it. What, I love it. What, what works so well about that too, is if you play the games, you go in 
kind of having this experience where they sort of have this pre-established unspoken bond, right? right. Like they, he, they trust each other very implicitly in the games. And this show starts from a point of being like, no, here's how they get to that point, right? Like right. here is mm-hmm. how you end up at a point where they, you starts know, as a yes, betrayal, trust. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. And he will eventually <laughs> trust her with his life, but you got to understand how she earns that trust and vice versa. Yep. Yeah. Anything else we should talk about before the spoiler horn? Quan uh, Ha, uh, um, uh, as a as a character, um, complete fabrication of the show, and I think a wonderful way in to Master Chief's story. And I like the the way if if you watch the first episode and you go, oh, I don't know if I'm down for this lone wolf and cub thing. That's not what it stays. It, yeah, it's it, not like Mandalorian it, in that way. It, it is. It is not. Um, and and the 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 show is so comfortable switching modes and switching positioning of characters. All of these characters are integral to this story. Master Chief happens to be at the center of it, but the dynamic doesn't play out necessarily the way that you assume, either from playing the games or based on tropes from uh, from the genre that you may have gotten used to. Um, I was delighted by how often the show surprised me by not going the direction that it felt like they could have just gone and it would have been fine. They made all of their choices um, on, on the writing side of things for very intentional reasons. I have some criticisms on that about how much she gets used or not used at a particular yeah. point in, in the storyline. Yeah, I think that's fair. But um, uh, I, one of the things I'd say is that the season feels kind of short, but it has been renewed for a second season. So the, there is the, it's not one of these things, given the, all the problems they had making it, and even problems making uh, this show because it was... Uh, being filmed when COVID hit. So they had like a six month break uh, in the middle of, of filming. Uh, but even with all those problems, there is another season coming. So at least we're going to get some payoff for all this stuff. Right. And any fan, any fans of Burn Gorman? Oh, Burn Gorman is in this. He's doing his. I, yeah. I was, thing. I was going to mention him. Uh, if you want, there's a lot of, uh, some people are, we get fed a lot of scenery in this, including yeah. Burn Gorman. And I love Bokeem Woodbine. I've been a fan of his for like so 20 good. years. And oh. also I just enjoy anything he's in. He's just a delight every time. So I, there's some great casting. And then we didn't, I, I will add my favorite cameo from a uh, sci-fi legend, Kier D'Elia. Kier 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 and, and is in like, this. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought he was dead. <laughs> he's not no, he's There's very a, much alive. And Kier Delay from 2001 role. just shows up. You go, that guy's voice sounds... Oh, oh. Um, and talking to Steve Downs, he, he I, I, I said, you know, if, if they called you up for a cameo, and he was like, yeah, I'd do it in a second. Uh, not just because I'm jealous of Kier Delay and jealous of everybody who got to work with yeah. one of my one of my acting heroes when he was on set. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. It's like, yeah, Dave Bowman, there he is. Uh, all right, we're firing off the spoiler horn now, uh, and we're going to talk more about what happens in season one of Halo. But uh, go watch it at Paramount Plus or wherever you can find it, because I don't know where it is. It's probably mostly on Paramount Plus in the world, but uh, who knows? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Here we go. 
So, uh, okay, you can let your you can let your spoilers out now. We didn't even mention. Maybe it's all for the best. We didn't even mention McKee, who is yeah. really interesting. Like there's a there's the moment where there's a human with a covenant, and you're like, what? And then they drop her, right? And they they use her as a as an agent, and that's interesting. But it, it's it, but she get has magic visions uh, when she touches the magic rocks, just like John does. And so there there is that moment where they're, we're connected and they have sex. And I'm like, hmm, he plays a little older than her. Uh, that's that, a little that creepy. Was, that- I thought that that was like a sort of father-daughter relationship right up nope. until that moment. Oh, and, and I, I was did, like, I did not read it that way. I, I, I could totally read it that way. And then as I looked her up, and she's, oh, she's thirty-five. She, she was yeah. like, did not just look thirty-five. I, it, I think it's not just the height difference between them, but for me, part of it was the the way that the way that she was like swaddled in these costumes by the Covenant. Um, it just, it, it coded for me that they were playing her younger than I knew her to be, because I mean, she's in Peaky Blinders and she's been in a bunch of stuff. I knew that she was, she was of a similar age to Pablo Schreiber, but, um, it, just for, for me, I think it, it was a completely unintentional missable thing about the way that the show positioned her a bit, mm-hmm. um, where I did get some of that kind of father daughter vibe stuff, but part of it was because it it came off to me like when we jumped back to younger her um doing the math it seemed like they were they were actually coding her as like not much more than a teenager i i I really thought i to that similar thing i actually thought for a little bit that they might have turned out to be siblings given the connection that they have and i was like oh maybe they were yeah yeah yeah. but they they were they were basically both kids who were stolen exactly and I thought for a second, maybe they had come from the same family and that was going to be the reveal. And then after that scene with them, I was like, boy, I hope not. That would be really, <laughs> Look, I, that's like taking I, the Star Wars thing and going to 11. Yeah. Even so worse. Th- this said, this said, you know, I, I don't have as much of an issue with it as I do a particular for all mankind thing that I'm very much not alone in disliking. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's something that I think, ah, it was a, oh, oh, they're doing that. Oh, that's what this is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, all right. Well, I didn't expect that. It, it was a little weird, a little weird, but um in general, I thought that character was really interesting. I I think it's a I think it's a strange storyline to have it be that the that the chief is sort of a chosen one in terms of his yeah. uh sensitivity here, but then again, I can also kind of explain it away as being he is a chosen one already, right? And who's to say what Dr. Halsey, played by Natasha McElhone, who we also didn't mention before the spoiler horn, they'll have some surprises waiting for him. It'll be good. Uh, is like, she's up to no good. So who knows what kind of thing she was looking for when she was picking the Spartans. And perhaps they are related to this weird sensitivity. But in the grand space opera thing, which, you know, the Halo story isn't that great. But what I, what's good about it is the trappings. It's got like lots of weird the sci-fi the world is things really great. Yeah. in it, right? And and so the fact that there is something that the covenant and the humans don't understand that is from the past and is it, it, and and it, it's like setting off these beacon beacons and they're trying to follow it and where you know all of us are probably sitting there going it's the halo it's the halo yeah. they're like this mystical <laughs> thing called the halo we don't know, Guys, know what you, it is you it's played like, this it's game? a ring world like, it's a ring world there's like there's like eight games about it and, people come on and there's that moment where he has the vision and he's on the halo and I'm like. Oh! 
it, it was so great because it's like, oh, you guys worked so hard to get to this little clue about where you're going. And, you know, I thought that that was, uh, again, as a sci-fi thing, I thought that was a lot of fun that it's like this mysterious ancient thing that nobody understands yet, but we kind of know where it's going because we play the game. Yeah, as a writer, the most the most fascinating thing to me, the the thing that they could do with this is exactly what they did, which was go, we're going to figure out why we ended up on this Halo thing and what yeah. it is and, and to some extent. And um, this is this is no shade to game writers, uh, which we know a few of those. Um, but one of the things that is very different in game writing as as opposed to, uh, I guess you would say, passive, non-active narrative uh, structure is it's okay. We're going to have a game where a guy shoots aliens and escapes a thing. And you, you are, you are building a roller coaster, not exactly something for people to necessarily feel things other than jump scare, fear and surprise about. And that like that they really did the job with this. I, we said it before the spoiler horn, but I, it, it paid off in every single way that they went, well, here's an opportunity. Let's see what there is there. And yeah, they, they, this doesn't feel decompressed. Like they filled a whole first season with setting us on the course toward probably a whole lot more action and a lot more green screen stuff. I mean, also if we're speaking about chosen ones, Quan is also a chosen one because yeah. mm-hmm. her family has some lineage of protecting some mystical well or something um and i i kind of would like to have seen some of that pay off because it it did feel like we got half a season to a certain extent like because um like kwan doesn't cross paths again with the master chief in in like the second half of the series and i was expecting a lot of those threads to come back together and they didn't so it Mm -hmm. felt like well We've got the budget. We can make nine of yeah. these. And- I, I actually wonder because you know you they are making a second season. I actually wonder if they if they got they a two season both. commitment. Yeah, that's what that was my guess. And yeah, because of the COVID was- delays, they just cut their story at episode nine and figured that was a good way to end. And they might I don't know how many mm-hmm. episodes they might have been committed to, but they may have like we'll just do eleven next time and that'll be our twenty or whatever their commitment was because it does sort of feel like they had some latitude to truncate and kind of move on because it doesn't quite feel like what you would have planned to do i mean who knows but her story especially yeah there's a new showrunner for season two as well it's david weiner who did brave new world uh, Uh which i really liked so i did too um, um, I want to say we mentioned Mickey. I liked her. I, I agree. I think her story was interesting that that last couple episodes, especially are kind of heartbreaking, right? Because you, the whole thing is sort of set up to her, be like, she's going to be a mole, right? And she's got this little, she's got her little laser scalpel under her fingernail. And like, you're like, oh man, this right. is bad news, right? She's going to trick them all. And then obviously the whole thing is about her realizing that maybe that's not what she's here to do. She like pulls her fingernail out in a pretty gruesome scene, mm-hmm. um, but like is like throwing away her connection right with the the covenant, and that's also the, they do a brilliant job of having that moment where that plays out simultaneous to Miranda f- essentially figuring out that she's a mole, mm-hmm. and you're like, but no, she's come around. No, it's too late. Like, and you're like, why would you? Yeah, why would you believe her? Like that is structured yeah. very well. There's a lot of good tension in that episode. I thought that was real, like really climatic climactic in the way that it played out and it played out in a logical way um even though it was also at the same time being like oh no no you've got this all wrong and i think that's that's testament 
She's also being used by the, the aliens as well, yes, who talk absolutely. about, oh, we're going to kill her off as soon as yeah, exactly. you know, this unclean abomination, whatever. Yeah. She, um, she's a successfully converted true believer who is shown everything that one could show a true believer to change their mind. And sure enough, it just does not. She is dedicated to the cause. Um, and, you know, uh, what uh, what James just said about the covenant, um, you know, having having plans for disposal of her. I guess it shows you what uh, what good it does to blindly follow uh, a cause without actually having uh, a personal investment yeah. or or having agency in what that cause is doing. I do wonder if we're going to see her again because uh, I sure hope we do. Yeah, yeah, because she she gets killed, but it's sort of like yeah, but she's killed and also doing a telepathic thing. And is she? I mean, like it's a sci-fi show. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'd like to see her again. Who- Depends who's available for the shooting for the next yeah. season, I guess. Well, but. We, we should talk a little bit more about Halsey because I think yeah. another great character pulled from this. I feel like her interpretation here is actually pretty close to the game. Yes, I would say but, it's yes. the closest. But Natasha Natasha McElhone playing a, a sociopath, essentially. Yeah, Matt right? like, yeah, Straight up sociopath. Like, I'm going to tell everybody straight exactly up, what yeah. they need to hear. And I'm just, I have no, but I have zero morality or compunctions about this, despite what I'm telling people. I mean, the, the scenes with her and her daughter, especially, I think of that one where she late in the game where she invades, invites Miranda over and they're talking or whatever. And you're like, well, is she actually feeling remorse? I'm not sure she does. And then she turns out it was all a ploy to get like her biometrics. And you're like, yeah, that seems like something a really a sociopathic person would do. Sure. Yeah. My, um, my understanding is originally she was supposed to also be the voice of Cortana and they yes. made, I think, the smartest choice they did, um, which was to not have her uh, have to play opposite herself. And also just, uh, you know, th- they are making so many diversions, um, but the the presence of Jen Taylor as um, as the mind of Halsey put through a bunch of machine learning um, really, really helps sell the fact that this manufactured consciousness that used uh, Halsey's brain as as its source material, um, it really helps sell um, not just the relationship between those two characters, but Halsey as hardline as she is. Um, it 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 allows that contrast to to be there better for better for me than it would if if Macalone were also the voice of Cortana. I also like her hubris in that she, you know, makes a copy of her own mind and is then surprised Mm -hmm. when she doesn't follow orders. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, the copy of her own mind has morality, which is for an AI, you know, that's a whole different twist in there too. Yeah. I know. And we hadn't really mentioned the fact that, yeah, there is this kind of uh, family thing going on in that uh, Miranda Keyes, who is the Captain Jacob Keyes' daughter, is also Catherine's daughter. Um, And so there's clearly... A lot going on and uh and she's a member of the military hierarchy that you can kind of root for right like her father and mother it turns out conspired to kidnap children replace them with clones who die but that's a nice touch right of, of just <laughs> which so, pays off very nicely at the end as at well. the end because she has a, her own clone who dies but like so they, they have been, both been they're both complicit in this spartan program that has generated these four characters that we know but uh, is just like unforgivable on every level. Um, so, you know, let's, let's line, line them out. But Miranda is like, just trying to do her best in all of this. So, like if there's anybody that you can kind of like say, oh, well, 
uh, at least Miranda is is trying to figure this stuff out because everybody else is awful. And I haven't even mentioned there is the uh, it, what is she like a, an admiral or a, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the admiral yeah. who is um, I, I, I yeah yeah who who uh, the actress who plays that character unfortunately she's essentially there because they couldn't get Shura Agdashlu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she doesn't she doesn't quite me- match up shabana azmi and shrag dajlu uh like basically uh you know it, it was it was shabana in 24 <laughs> instead of in, in instead of uh, shore yeah, yeah yeah i, I think like, she's she's okay and she's 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 a another person where you're like because she's the head of the intelligence service and 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 there's another person who you're like yeah no like no this these these people are all bad uh yeah, it's good. it's no, yeah, at, le- at least miranda is the only one who complains when they they do the uh whatever it was not order 66 but you know the, but yeah they're the, like we're gonna right. kill Quan yes just because yeah. she's order let's kill her uh, or, okay command 67 it wasn't order 66 it was command 67 <laughs> i know it's basically yeah, yeah, the same thing. or whatever it was but but shabana azmi one of the things that that i was let down by is she's an incredible actress like she she is a legendary indian new wave actress that i just don't feel like they gave her much other than to be the authority figure to tell people no no they, they, yeah she doesn't she doesn't have a lot to do and um and like i said i think that somebody wrote this for sure agdashlu like in their head and like they're not the same performers and it doesn't really yeah. carry off and and it's 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 tough it, it's it's not it's not entirely her fault i mean i don't love the performance but i don't know everything she says is super stilted anyway so um it is what it is but yeah miranda at least feels like somebody who is uh, idealistic and trying to trying to do the right thing and believes in this in this stuff what i find funny is by the end of the first season instead of being like yeah humanity f yeah we love them go get them master chief it's like no those guys are terrible run away master chief <laughs> right? I say, what a what a Nobody way to go them. for for nine episodes to take us there with halo is like i i thought i thought that was really good and like i said i really i de- i don't know if i identify with john but like i i know who he is I, I really have a, a sense and Pablo Schreiber deserves a lot of credit for this too. Like it, he's a human being that I, that I actually am rooting for in this show, which could, like I said, that's surprising because it's master chief, right? He could just be a cipher and he, he's not. And, and that's great. I mean, that's what he, that's what he kind of appears to be when he first appeared, when there's that first sort of battle scene where he comes in sure. uh, after everybody's dead. And, you know, he's he he's got her on the ship and he's just not reacting to her. He's basically a robot. And then Well, and that's yeah, that's that's extremely relevant. I mean, that's the arc of the season too, right? Is the whole like developing literally developing feelings developing because feelings. you've yeah. They yeah, they rip out, you took out their They've yeah, got their little pellets in their yep, spine. You get yeah. to, and I and I again we mentioned up front uh Kai, who again I will put a vote in for as my favorite character of this of the series, who is basically the other Spartan that sees that John's like been uh, taking out his you know robot implant and and is getting feelings and is like maybe maybe i should try that maybe i should give that a world self-surgery i should yeah. get some hair dye i um, well a gun grease really um yes. and I, I i just her burgeoning humanity is mm-hmm. so charming like I, I love the the line where they're talking about you know why are the covenant attacking us and she says do you ever wonder why and he goes no and then she says do you ever wonder why you never wonder why and i, mm-hmm. I like that line i i enjoyed her relationship with miranda too yeah yes 
I like that there's not just one member of the squad that that stays chipped, as it were, and it's both Riz and Vanek that are like, no, you're the outlaw, you know, uh, you know, why, why should we care about this or that? And then we have the extreme outlier, uh, who is much further along than John has been in booking Woodbine Sworn, right. um, who is, you know, he's still got some of his, his stuff on, um, but he is very, he's very much outside the loop. I like that we have that diversity of perspectives of people who have been in the power armor as it were. And the power armor, speaking of one of my favorite things in, in the show, is how well the power armor comes off um, and the different varieties of it that we see. Um, one of the things that is not as challenging for a cash strapped, though still exp- expensive TV show to pull off is, um, you know, shiny surfaces. Um, and uh, that said, like they were really big on using practical suits and uh, like it matters and it makes a difference. And of course, then the actors had to deal with actually uh, navigating wearing those and wearing the boots and everything. Um, but the 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 Spartans never they never feel CG light or CG heavy. They ju- they feel like they are there. Actual heavy. And because every time that they step, there's a giant rumble, which is actually one of the things that I loved about the the uh, the um the sound design of this show is yeah. like every step they take, there's a, an enormous rumble. Every because move they make. I, mm, <laughs> uh, and I enjoy that you, ha- it's an armor that is like, they have to get in their crazy little like things to get it put on. Cause it's like, yeah, uh-huh. it's extremely heavy. Of course, it's not a thing that you take on and off. Like, Oh, let me just pop out of my armor and pop back in. No, no, no. It's a process. I'm Tony Stark. I'm just going to pull it out of a suitcase. Okay, guys. And there, there is a good sense of scale with them because they're all supposed to be like seven foot tall or something. Right. Yeah. And then when, and then when they are fighting covenant forces that are 15 feet tall, it, it sells the scale freaking terrifying. Yeah. Right. And, And I think the, the, also the, the perspective of the rest of the UNSC uh, there's a scene in the, I think it's in the first episode, and I ran it back a couple times because the the captions were incorrect. Um, but there's a part where you know they think essentially that the Master Chief has maybe be going rogue, and they talk about locking down the base. And the Admiral Panagovsky we just discovered is like, oh yes, a full Sorin protocol. And I was like, I had to rerun it a couple times because oh. we hadn't been introduced to Sorin yet. Uh-huh. And they mis mis subtitled it as full squadron protocol or something. I was like, that's not what she's saying. Uh, but it makes sense later, right? You're like, you realize, oh, we've yep. had them go rogue before and we know that is bad so we got to do everything possible to make sure that we are not losing another super soldier and, because that looks and also in that scene you get the the interesting sort of chain of command in the halsey basically talks to the other spartans and said yeah just ignore all those uh, other uh, orders you right. have you report to me and if anybody touches john they're to be considered yes. uh, an enemy which is a problem later on too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean we've referred to the U- the UNSC, uh, but we finally actually named them, uh, and uh, and we're talking about stuff happening on Reach. Hey, you remember when the first game came out and there was this tie-in novel called The Fall of Reach? Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, that Reach was still around was a surprise for me that delighted me. I, I played the game Halo Reach, which is set on Reach, which is a prequel to uh-huh. the rest of the games. But yeah, it, Reach. Things are not great for Reach in the game continuity. We'll see if they go that way here. There are too. quite a few things in the in the in the continuity where you're like, well, I know where this is going to go in like six games, but uh... so the fact that they never get to the Halo and it's just sort of like a MacGuffin in a way. Um, I I I, I was kind of hoping that the season would end up there, but um, I also appreciated sort of where it went, and I like that we saw it, and I like that like. We know, if you know the vaguest thing about the video game, you know what the Halo is. 
and that it is the place that they're trying to go right and um and i thought that they did handle that pretty well those visions where they're out in the grass on the halo i thought they looked great too actually but i i love that it's a thing that they're pursuing even though i was a little frustrated that that they that they didn't get there um and, and so, yeah, the whole thing is sort of a narrative drive to like, can we get to the beginning of the first Halo game, essentially? Yeah. Um, and and so that's I'm OK with that. I, I like them starting a little early because if it's just like a ch- chief, we're dropping you down on the Halo. It's like, OK, but like, who is he and why, why are we here? Why, what is the Halo? What's yeah. the deal? Yeah. For me, the the interesting thing about about leaving, actually getting to it until after the first season is it kind of broadened the imagery and, you know, metaphor of the show and why it's called Halo and not Master Chief. Um, you know, you can you can look at some of the uh, the chosen one stuff and and think about it as, you know, are these chosen ones? Are they anointed? Is there some like semi religious kind of aspect to them? Mm. And, you know, I, whether that was intentional or it's just headcanon that they generated for me, I prefer that to the headcanon that I would have to create in the games to go. Surely this isn't, you know, this isn't all that there is to all this stuff, right? I like that there is this, I mean, I mentioned earlier this sort of sci-fi thing of uh, there's more that we don't, that we don't understand about the universe. And the the great thing about the dynamic between these, these deeply flawed humans with their deeply flawed uh, government and the monstrous covenant that's just, you know, killing people left and right and will do anything they can to get to the halo um, the great thing about that is uh, what about the third party here, which is who made the halo? Why does it exist? Mm-hmm. And yep. that is so great to have that laying out there as, you know, it's that, not really about either bit. of you. Yeah, right. It's about it's about what this thing is and what the mysteries are. And like, again, there's a whole who created show. the ring gates, Jason, who yeah, created the exactly. ring gates. So you get you land on the halo and and you are, are the master chief, but like you and the soldiers land on the halo. And then the first thing you got to do is like figure out like what's here. Is this the secret to the universe is on this on this halo? But the bad news is that the aliens are here, too. Like that. That is so compelling taking it out of the video game context so compelling from a you know mysteries of the universe thing and i love that in sci-fi so i i love that they're they're laying it out there but they are very slow in season one of laying the groundwork of there are magic rocks and you know there's that wild scene too where he goes to soren's uh hangout and there's the guy I laughed yeah, because so, Soren's Cafe American. It's the guy yeah. from, he was just in Wheel of Time too as a bad guy. And I don't know what the actor's name is, but he's the oh, one who's oh, like oh. locked up in the cage and is like, oh, you're special. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's got the and visions I, of like, oh, right, it's like I know very, uh, they think very, I'm crazy uh, and I am, but I also can yeah, see things. We, we've verged into fantasy almost at that yeah. point, which I think is kind of fascinating too. Is like, well, I mean, you know, just looking at it from a different lens. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. 
And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Uh, what else should we talk about about this uh, about this show? What have we not gotten to? I mean, I think it it looks pretty good, I think. it's. Mm-hmm. I think they said 10 million an episode, which is like budget prestige TV at this point. It felt pretty expensive uh, but, to me, right? I mean, it yeah, felt, yeah, it, it looked at, like at a yeah, couple at a couple points the seams show a little bit. I think some of the stuff on Soren's rocks are a little potentially rough, but like it not any. It that was sort of the other thing that conjured up the expanse vibes to me is like there's a scene in the early I think the sci-fi seasons where like they're putting somebody in like a pod and I'm like that's like a like one of those things you put on top of your car like very clearly <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it's just been slightly set dressed and it's like there are a couple points where it verges a little bit into that but I agree mostly it looks pretty great so I'm willing to give them a pass on like you know today we didn't have the money for that yeah the some of the vehicle stuff too just like <laughs> it's like SUVs. Too, yeah. which made me laugh it's just it's i mean like, yeah. uh, sure oh yeah jeeps well i mean what is the warthog but kind of a like I mean, this it's a jeep th- this this production was about the the midpoint between um uh i believe jason's trademark phrase is uh is uh mid-budget canadian sci-fi yeah and uh shot in ireland <laughs> shot Foundation. in ireland fantasy sci-fi <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do uh do do enjoy the uh if you want to google and enjoy the Chevy Tahoe that appears in the um the, <laughs> yeah. the resistance camp in the first episode. Yeah. That still makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> Why is there a Chevy Tahoe? Okay, somebody had to put it on a like a spaceship and spaceship, take it yeah. to this other planet. Like I kept thinking Why about are there that. cars in Hawaii, Dan? How did they get I, there? I guess, sure, but it's not like a like that hundreds of years from now or whatever. Yeah, but they can't afford to build I a know, car plant on the poor little planet that is barely surviving. Maybe. But it's full of whatever some magic explosive useful fuel. Some magic I, fuel mineral, yeah. As as uh, as adult leaning sci-fi goes, um I like that I like that it it goes semi-adult in that people have sex and it's acknowledged and you see a couple people's butts. Um but it it isn't like the Klingon sex scene from Discovery uh, season one or whatever it was where it's just like hey we're on streaming let's do this I those, <laughs> that or from the first episode of expanse the zero g sex oh yeah zero yeah. g sex yeah sure <laughs> which which was a requirement as Look, we know at the e- sci-fi network e- at the time even the first episode of stargate has boobs in it like nobody knows what yeah. they're doing when they're on cable they're like can we do this and then they're like nah maybe we shouldn't do this and make sure that you put some boobs in no, it just th- to be safe i mean i think safety boobs you talk about adult i think that one of the things that strikes me about Halo is that if you're coming into it thinking that it's going to be kind of like a juvenile teenage boy uh, testosterone fest for video game fans, it's not. There's stuff, mm. there's stuff, but like it is, I mean, throughout while I was watching it, I thought like, this is my, this is my jam, right? Like this is a widescreen uh sci-fi space opera kind of epic and it's got the military aspect but it's not just that it's got this whole social sub uh text that's going on it's got it's more star wars like than it is 
um, uh, like what you might expect coming out of a video game thing. It's got la- it's got layers, is what I'm saying. To, to, it's got a lot of levels. We, we started out on a very sandy planet. I went, oh, Tatooine yeah, syndrome again, <laughs> and then and then we saw vegetation, and I went, oh, okay. But that scene right. where they're like climbing over the rocks, also looking for the the ship when they find mm-hmm. the ruins, I was also like, oh, yeah. it's like a, this reminds me of like Kirk fighting the Gorn. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's, there's a lot Vasquez of rocks. There's a lot of those vibes in it, and 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 again, I I just I hope people give it a chance who have access to it because, um, I I I was very happy. I I watched episode one. I, I took a flyer on it. I was traveling, and I just watched it before I went to bed. And uh, when I came home, I said to Lauren, um, "We should watch Halo because <laughs> I think you're gonna like it. It's really good." And we we really liked it. Like it was a it was an immediate watch when it dropped on Paramount Plus. It was. Um, so I, I can't give it a higher endorsement than that. This is, it's not, you know, is it prestige TV? I don't know, but it's got some of the trappings, but it's just like, it is yeah. a, more than your mid budget Canadian sci-fi show. It's a little bit higher budget and shot in like Hungary, Poland, somewhere like that. I, I want Czech Republic. I, <laughs> think. Shot in East, I think shot in Eastern Europe, not Canada. So, you know. A little veneer of yeah, like whatever IMDb that is. IMDb is lying to you. They didn't shoot all of this in Ontario. Uh, this was mostly shot in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, to um, the we mentioned The Mandalorian earlier, and one of the ways that I favorably um, compare it to that is if you like The Mandalorian, it gets into a lot of the same kinds of themes, and there is some Star Wars-y stuff in here without, to me, some of the franchise pitfalls. Um, and it, being a franchise itself, it's, uh, you know, a weird kind of Ouroboros of, of, um, intellectual property eating itself. But, um, I, I, I've, I've told a couple of friends, I'm like, if you like the Mandalorian and you want a big canvas space opera kind of a thing, this feels, this feels uh, like a broader canvas than uh, still to this day, the, the way that a lot of star Wars stuff makes the galaxy feel real small. Well, um, and, and they do it without making it feel like it's a, oh, this is just a Star Wars knockoff, right? Like or a Star Trek yeah, totally knockoff agree. or something, right? This, uh-huh. It very much feels like its own thing. Sure, mm-hmm. there are trappings that feel kind of tropish, you know, oh, super soldiers in power armor and whatever, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't really, I think it goes beyond just those, those tropes. Yeah. I think it actually fleshes it out a lot and it feels like its own thing. And I, I think that's a, a testament again to the, the writing staff and the production and all that. Like, I mean, Halo, obviously an established world with a franchise behind it, but you know, uh, there, there's room for more stuff happening here. <laughs> it's Mandalorian ish with, with a less centralized, uh, plot surrounding just the lead character. Yeah, he's yeah. the main focus of stuff, but there is a bigger supporting cast that they have long-term plans for. But also, as we say, if you'd like Star Wars, we've got three chosen ones here. So <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> so pick one. I, I think what, what I the, this, the the my favorite stuff in it, I think, is the a we've got the interaction with Cortana and Master Chief, and she's kind of just sassy talk back and i really like that interaction but i think it's the the um between all the different spartans and i really like kai uh that scene when she's weightlifting mm-hmm. and she's like just like give me something more give me something heavier and, and you see the sort of succession of lifting up warthogs or whatever but then that goes into the kind of fight scene between all the spartans at the end yeah. and i think that was really effective like when she's chained to that uh bench and she kind of like is 
just kicks her way out of it. Uh, that that's and- it, that whole sequence with the the fight scene between the Spartans is something that could have felt you know f- fan service-ish to the point of just like oh we just what well, we want to smash our action figures together but actually totally tracks like all yeah, of that, that makes sense it plays out really well and it's is genuinely i don't want to quite say heartwarming but like you're rooting again you're rooting for these people you're at a point where you're like oh my god i hope i hope she gets out and she can and, save and, him and kai they nearly i thought she died like twice in this yeah, show yep and, and especially at that end one where she's kind of like leaps away onto holding ship and, yeah i want to uh, say that, that was the thing i was afraid of was it like oh no is she just gonna go psychotic actually is that gonna be like she's gonna be a you know go crazy from digging out her implant and i was like oh well, that would well, be disappointing she, she and did, they didn't she did smush the helper guy but he deserved it oh that guy was creepy Super crazy. Yeah, he was the worst. I mean, his kind of like uh, the way he was with the the dead clone. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was just the accent, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> just the Scottish so. accent. You don't think that just makes? He was not yeah, Scottish. I think he was Northern Irish. But anyway, <laughs> okay, sorry, Northern Irish. Okay, I know we all sound the same. But yeah, the, the, that <laughs> that whole end sequence worked really well for me. The um, what about the the choice? And again, here I wonder if there's some covid rejiggering that happened because they did shut down and then restart the show so this was a long time gestating that i find it strange that we get introduced to kwan and we think that it's going to be kind of a john is doing his thing kwan's doing her thing they kind of they meet up he saves her they go off he like gives her to bokeem woodbine to stay safe and they leave and then they have their own adventures right but then instead what we get is episode seven where the Master Chief's not in it, and it's all just kind of Quan going around. She goes back to her her planet, the desert planet. I think this is where she she gets like uh hand what she gets handcuffed to a bike at one point, and uh you know out in the desert, and like all of this stuff is going on. A lot, a lot on. of people get handcuffed to a lot of things in this show. It, it's yeah. true. It's true. So um. I thought that was weird just because it was entirely that her episode. And although I don't mind that I, I pacing wise, I structurally, I just thought that that would be happening in parallel. And instead it's like, they took all the Quan stuff and like, all right, here it is. Episode seven. This is for you. And, and I, I don't know quite what I like their confidence in saying, we're going to do a whole episode without the master chief, but uh, we got, we got a sort of, uh, spirit master chief uh in in that episode that's right he does appear as a not a hallucination but a avatar i don't know yeah but it's like he's basically not not him yeah yeah it's it's not um i i I like that i thought it was actually an interesting way to go from we had an like an episode where i think the previous one she wasn't in the episode at all we got none of her story and then the next one we got all of her story so I, i i didn't mind that at all yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, like, you start sort of interlocking, and then they're bouncing back and forth, and as their paths diverge, you know, then they separate out into these separate episodes. I think that structure actually works nicely. It did reminisce, it did make me think of a bit of the Book of Boba Fett, as I think somebody else mentioned already, the whole scene with, like, oh, we're out in the desert, and you're going to talk to some people who live here, and they're going to put you on a heck of a trip. Uh, have a good time. <laughs> But but then like we don't really hear from her again. I think after that point, and I was I was hoping that we would get something in the final episode. Right. But they had so much to do. I think with with all the yeah. yeah. It felt uh, if yeah, it felt very. Uh, we'll pick back up with her later. Like I'm sure that the show is not done with her unless oh, I mean like this was her first big job. So I 
I think they probably have her on hold through season two, at least. So I, I don't see her going anywhere. Um, I, we, we mentioned the violence earlier um, and and like it not feeling like a testosterone fueled whatever, whatever. One of the things that I respect the most about the way that they portray the violence is that it's it's gruesome. Like it is war is literal hell um, out uh, in the planets beyond Earth. And I, um, I, I think that um, there there is a version of it that can be excessive and be gratuitous and celebrating of it. But for me, um, the way that they handle it is is still relatively unique among shows that deal with this kind of violence in them. I was going to say one of the things that I found interesting, but I know why they I can imagine why they did it is like so we had part of the backstory that um, John actually killed Quan's mother. Um, right. And uh, we never see the Spartans killing humans, which they've clearly been doing for like however many years because they are yeah. these, this big, uh, you know, bogeyman nightmare yeah. to the yeah. to the the, the rebels. Uh, but we don't see any of that. So like we don't see John being a bad guy before he gets to be a good guy. And I think like part of that is I think I I got their rationale for doing that in that they've got to make us not hate uh, John Riz, Vanek and Kai um, if there is a lot of stuff like that for them to show us. But the other part of it is maybe there's a fair amount of that that is actually um, uh, exaggerated or misunderstood or maybe the fact that I'm even questioning it is part of the uh, part of what they, they wanted was for us to go. Do you believe that these people did those terrible things? Well, we'll show you later. Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. The end of this uh, season is obviously there's a showdown on a planet where they've got the magic rocks and Keaton key gets, uh, gets impaled. And the, um, and the big moment though, is that John basically says, Cortana, you need to, take control which has been this threat all along like his entire personality could be wiped if cortana takes over his body but he says you know you've got to you've got to do this um and so she does and sort of saves the day and the last scene is sort of like silent master chief like it's actually cortana and not john back there uh interesting cliffhanger I, I I suspect that um, the Master Chief is not gone forever because that would be a really weird choice to make. Uh, but uh, what what do, what do all of you think about where the show goes from here? Because they are making a second season. I think they're going to start shooting it later this year. Um, so it'll be a while before we see it. Where do you think? I mean, other than the Halo, yeah. But like looking at what they the choices they made in season one, what are you thinking about for season two? Well, I can imagine, um, especially if they're going to keep McKee on in some form, either like she is trapped in some uh, Halo uh, spirit world or something. I can imagine that we will see John there as well. You know, if his personality's off roaming the universe while Cortana's driving, you know, I could see some interaction between those two mm -hmm. to come. Uh, but yeah, he's he's absolutely got to come back because unless and i thought they might do that that uh uh master chief would start speaking like cortana and it would be quite funny but i don't think that's the tone they're going for. but that wasn't yeah. what they were going for but it, 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 it was <laughs> body swap episode yep i think the sort of the core thing from the games is the interaction between 
Master Chief, Master Chief and Cortana. So Master they've Thief. got to bring. I would watch Master Thief. Are we well, going to uh, the Halo next season? I think so. I mean, yes. I, I I would be disappointed if we didn't end up there since it has now yeah. been teased so much. They, and they like, built the Halos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they built the Halos, Jason. Yeah, I, to have that conflict move off of like kind of, I mean. What is if if anything been like sort of a proxy war, right? Like the Covenant and the and the human, the UNSC, they want this these artifacts, and they're sort of fighting back and forth on that. But it seems like now we're moving into well, we've located the Halo, and let's figure out like let's start fighting, let's start fighting over that instead. Um, but like I'm starting to unravel that mystery, which I think is going to have some tie-ins to where Quan is you know what what her purpose is on uh, uh madrigal like all of that i think is going to sort of tie together so i certainly hope that's where we're going and i hope I, i'm actually really curious my sort of number one thing is like i really want the other two uh spartans to get de-chipped uh <laughs> and get a little more chance to show some personality mm. in season two because i think that could be a much more fun dynamic it'll be more interesting than halo 5 uh at the very least um that was that was that was a, that was a great Halo on joke. A game. I, I don't know. I, was, I've heard that game is pretty bad. I've never. I, I, bad. I played it. I, I honestly, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I know people. It, it wasn't that bad story, but but it, you know, it was. What are we? What are we going to do with them now? I, to, back to the show. Sorry. Um, um, I I kind of hope they don't unring the bell of this different John. I, I I would be fine with the John that we saw in season one. He's gone. Master Chief is what's left. Hmm. And if we see Pablo Schreiber's face and we have more of an emotional self that is internal, um, there there are a variety of ways to do that. But I think I think one of the things that I would hope for the future of the show is that they stick to big consequences and um this isn't me going oh you know he should have been you know this sort of uh monotone semi-robotic you know whatever it is but you know we got seven years of commander data um we can do robotic but interesting robotic with uh departures from that or struggling to reclaim his humanity right as if he's sort of recovering from this traumatic you know brain event essentially I could see that we get an episode, maybe two of that, but I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think know. it's going to last. Um, he, they're going to find his catra somewhere, stick it. Back uh, I in. see. He'll be fine. <laughs> Reference acknowledged. It's like you know, at at their their five seasons of the original Sailor Moon anime, and uh, spoiler, at the end of the first one, they all die, but then they're all brought back to life without their memories. And it takes a few episodes for them to all get all of their memories back and be exactly who they were previously. Mm-hmm. I, I've um, seen the good place. Yeah. Well, you, you know, um, in that Star Trek episode, uh, Uhura's brain gets completely wiped. And by the end of the episode, she's already reading at a high school level or something like that. It's like, yeah, sure. That's how that works. Kind of, kind of reset that clock. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah, wherever you can find this in the world, I, I encourage you to watch Halo, the series, cause it's good. And, uh, I don't think we expected that would be the case, but here we are. I don't know. Speak up if you thought that this was definitely going to be great, but I, I, uh, was pleasantly surprised by it and I'm looking forward to the second season. It was a great ride and, uh, yeah. and, and some cool characters and, uh, they made the master chief like, uh, an interesting guy. I like that. Uh, that was not easy to do. Well, to to quote everybody's favorite Star Trek movie, the human adventure is just beginning. 
And, uh, and that, that's the story of this show. I hope we don't have to wait another two years or whatever of yeah. production delays. Um, yeah. Cause I, as far as I know, they haven't started filming. No, I think they're filming season. later nope. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a while. It will be a while. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll be back in the far future when that second season drops. But in, until then, let me thank my panelists for discussing Halo season one with me, Dan Morin. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason. I can't wait to go to another space ring. Okay, Moises Chuyan, thank you. Wake me when you need me. And James Thompson, thank you. Uh, when the podcast is over, the host and the guests go back into the same box. <laughs> and we're about to do that. Uh, thank you, everybody out there, for listening to The Incomparable. We will see you next time.